Hello, and welcome to Home Education Today podcast. I'm your host, Chauncey Lynn Childs, and on this podcast, we talk about challenges, concerns, and joys of providing a first-class education for our children at home. We also discuss methods and experiences with successful home educators, give a voice to concerned public school teachers, and anything else that strengthens our ability to teach and guide and direct our kids as autonomous, empowered, and joyful parents. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. In a previous video, I talked about parenting style, just kind of basic ideas about parenting style. And right along with that is is learning style, okay? So why is learning style, what is learning style, why is it important? It's important because if you're gonna be really effective with your children, and I don't care if they're in the public system or you're bringing them home or what situation they're in, um, if you don't understand how your child learns and uh, why that is important to you as a parent and, and them as a child, then you're gonna have a lot of frustration. So the truth is most children to a certain age, whenever and it's very individual for every child, very personal, whenever their brains mature, uh, but uh, they will possibly ado- adopt an e- either an auditory or a, a visual learning style uh, in, in conjunction with kinesthetic. Uh, there are very few children who are strictly visual from day one, right? There are some, there are some, but not very many. There are very few children that are strictly auditory learners from day one. The vast majority of children to a certain age are kinesthetic learners. They put things in their mouth, they have to touch things, they have to explore with their, their sense of touch. And a lot of times that the auditory doesn't, doesn't kick in, or and let alone the visual, for a very long time. And, and for a lot of boys in particular, um, your, your visual or your auditory doesn't kick in for quite some time. Uh, um, boys' brains want to, want to learn to use their bodies. They're much more acclimated towards action-packed sort of learning, right? And hands-on learning than girls. And that's why so many boys are having such a hard time in the public system because from a very early age, they're taught they have to sit still in a desk. You know, the very anatomy of a boy, the way that their bones are put together, makes it very uncomfortable to sit for long periods of time, especially on hard surfaces. That's just not the way they're physically built. And um, they have to sit there quietly. They can't say anything. They can't touch anything. They can't, they can't do anything but sit and listen to somebody drone on or visually um, be writing in a, you know, worksheets or, or in textbooks or whatever. This is just not a system uh, that's good for boys from, from the get-go. So even girls, uh, once they get beyond the uh, kinesthetic stage, are usually more auditory. Um, women in particular are more auditory. We talk a lot more. We express ourselves a lot more. Um, and, and they go into the visual aspect only, only later. So the reading can be very difficult for a lot of kids. And you know, the statistics in the public system are really playing this out. 
And then there's a whole nother, there's a whole nother um, set of studies coming out and understandings coming out about how damaging it is to a child's brain to push them into this learning uh, too early. And that they miss all kinds of cognitive, emotional, and physical uh, growth by focusing solely on learning to read, learning their numbers, learning their colors, getting into math and so forth, long before they should be doing that. Now, what, what do we do? Why does the public school do this? Why do they push reading from uh, you know preschool and kindergarten on? Why, why does a children have to be child have to be reading uh, by the time they get into first grade? Well, the reason is that what are you going to do with 30 kids in a school, 25 to 30 children in a, in a classroom, if they're not sitting quietly at their desks doing something visual? Well, what are you going to what are you going to do? You can't have them all running around playing. Uh, there's just only one way to do a factory conveyor belt sort of system as the public school is, and that is to keep them contained in an area doing something quietly. And this is just damaging to our children, and it's causing a lot of mental illness, and it's causing children to not like to learn. It's causing them to hate learning, in fact, or hate being in, in learning situations. So it's really not even, you know, on the very basic level, it's not even so much what kids are, are being subjected to um, in terms of curriculum. It's really just basics of how brains grow. And brains don't grow the way that the public system wants them to grow. Brains grow in their own way. I'll tell you one really quick story about this that I, I, I talk about this a lot in my writings and so you'll probably hear it more than once or read it. And it's about my daughter who's, who's now 30, how old is my daughter? 34. <laughs> and uh, when she was a little girl, um, she had very severe ear problems um, and she didn't talk till she was a little older because she was so in, she, her ears were so chronically infected that she was like underwater. My brother, who was an audiologist, um, said, "Well, don't be alarmed that she's not learning to talk because she can't hear. She can't hear the sounds." So Jessie um, <clears throat> went to kindergarten and she basically didn't learn anything. And in first grade, she was still not learning anything. In second grade, I had a uh, um, parent-teacher conference at the beginning of the year and uh, the teacher was was very incensed and in a very indignant way uh, showed us the alphabet strip that she had had all the students sitting at their desk writing their the entire alphabet capital and then s small lowercase uppercase lowercase a b c all the way through on a big long strip of paper and she laid Jesse's you know, second grade alphabet strip down on the um, on the uh, the desk in front of us, and she said, "Just look at that." And I looked at it, and it was beautiful. It was done in a rainbow of colors, and it was she was actually her penmanship was very good for a second grader. And I looked at the teacher, and I wasn't quite sure what to say because I I didn't understand what the problem was. And she says to me, "She was told to do it in one color." And she did it in, a, in all these different colors. <laughs> and it was really, I think, that was 
that was the biggest, that was the beginning of, of understanding and knowing that I was going to have to bring my, my children home from the public school. That I was going to have to, at some point, intervene. I was in the middle of, of having more children. Jesse's the second of six. And uh, this was second grade. <laughs> so um, this was something that I was having a hard time getting my head around. So Jessie has continued to be a keen aesthetic learner. She, her brain adapted, right, because she was never visual. Uh, visual is still her really weakest area <laughs> of learning, but um, uh, her auditory was, was never strong either because she had these ear problems early on and her brain wired a certain way. So she continued to be a kinesthetic learner and never loved to read or write, st still doesn't, although she's now uh, finishing up an occupational therapy program where she's gotten almost straight A's to her great surprise. So she has learned over the years and at 34 she's uh, prospering. She had her own massage therapy clinic was, for 12 years, was um, a very successful massage therapist and um, has continued her education a little later on. Interestingly, she has a daughter who has the same kinds of, of challenges, even though she didn't have ear problems. Um, Jess really didn't learn to read until she was about 12. She could read, she could sound out words, but she couldn't do it with any comprehension. So Ellie, um, her daughter, who's now 13, is, has some of those same, same visual challenges. And um, the importance of learning style really just can't be overemphasized for our kids. It's so important to understand their, um, the way that their brains are wired so that we can, as home educators or parents, uh, realize that there's some things that you can't just fix by continuing to do the same thing over and over. It's not going to work. Um, you're not going to get a, a brain to be something that it isn't. The way that we discover learning styles is basically the same way you discover parenting styles. It's just to get on the internet, there's a lot of little quizzes you can take and tests you can stay, take, and um, it will, you sit down with your, chill, your child and you take some of these quizzes. Don't limit yourself to one. Um, make some popcorn or some brownies and, and enjoy um, an afternoon discovering and talking about uh, the ways that your child learns with your child. It's a really, can be a really fun activity. Most importantly, take that time when your children are little to teach them how to love to learn in the way that is interesting to them. That's my challenge today. Hey, thanks so much for listening all the way to the very end. By listening to the entire podcast, you've proven yourself to be the kind of person that is forward thinking and you're concerned about our current culture. And you also believe that you can change the world. I believe that by having these simple discussions that we can really make a big difference in the world, really have an impact. And I hope that you'll share this information with others so that together we really can make a positive change.